0: On this episode of Pour Over, the guys catch up after a very eventful week. and talk about Pour Over techniques, talking about decolonizing coffee, lots of stuff. So let's uh, pour it all over. Hello friends and welcome to the Pour Over podcast, hosted by
1: myself, Joe. And Dill. Each week, we bring you our thoughts on a TV show, movie, and more. But most importantly, we chit-chat about the very thing so many of us depend on each morning. Coffee. <clears throat> this week, um... Dylan and I will be uh, just catching up over this past week. It's been kind of crazy with Mm. things going on back where he is and myself just uh, brewing a cup of coffee here in the kitchen and we'll talk about what we've been pouring over. Uh, But before we get into all that, uh, let's catch up with the Pour Over boys. What's up, man?
0: What's up? It has been a crazy week indeed. So glad to be recording. For sure. How are things going right now? Pretty good, um yeah, so you know I, I live in the Great. Dallas area, so Texas was hit by that winter storm this past week, and yeah, yeah everything bad. was crazy, so yeah,, uh, things have been good at least for me personally, the past couple of days, um you know, power's back, and no, it doesn't seem like there's any long lasting issues at least at my house. I was a little bit worried because our kitchen sink. Uh, it was, like, frozen, so, like, there's no water for, like, three days mm. in, wow. out of the sink. We have water um other places in the house. Uh, oh, I was okay. worried well, about, le- uh, like, a burst pipe, because that's a lot of people got burst pipes right now. Right. Um, all over the place, like, in my neighborhood and just all around, like... So, I, I was worried about that, but ended up thawing out, so so we're good. Um, So, trying to get back to normal a little bit, you know, see see what's going on um mm-hmm. in the neighborhood with you know see if neighbors need help with anything those kinds of things but it seems like we are in the way out because you know like um I, I don't know what the lowest low was but it was like single digits mm. on one of the days mm-hmm. and then yeah. uh, right now it's 43 and then like next week it's gonna be like in the 60s so
1: wow yeah
0: I saw a post
1: recently that someone um shared like a like you know this memories thing on Facebook. Yeah. Like it was maybe 3 years ago or maybe 4 years ago. I can't remember what the year was that they um were kind of flashing back to, but the temperature at this time of year was like 70 degrees. Yeah. So it's just insane like the uh it's just hard to look at what's happening and being like Nothing is changing about our world, mm. but um, yeah, that's that's just like the problem we have now. And um, man, that's that's horrible what Texas is going
0: through. Yeah, and like I don't understand all the details in it. I'm sure people are gonna be looking into it for a long time coming now. Like, was this avoidable? All that kind of stuff, or just what what to do differently so it doesn't happen again? Basically. Um, but yeah, I I think even now, like, while, while I'm, I'm fortunate, you know, I'm blessed that, you know, power, water, all that stuff is good. I think there's still people around that either don't have water. Um, I'm not sure about the power situation. I'm sure some, Mm -hmm. some people are still without, but definitely the water thing is, is the, is a big, big deal. Um, yeah. Whether there's like damage at the water treatment facilities or like, I got a couple of friends with like boil water notices. I like, yeah. I I had a friend that sent me a picture of the water from their sink and it looks like you took some dirt and mis- mixed it with the water, like it was super dirty. Oh wow! Like, I'm like, uh, even if you boil that, you know, it's not gonna. Um, yeah, you might want to put it clear. Like a pour over. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like you, you take the grounds and just mix it with the water a little. You know, it, it's, it's the French yeah, put press. Some, but, yeah, put some third wave in there and you're good. Yeah. So definitely, i um, still still recovering, I, I guess. Um, so it'll take some time
1: yeah speaking of the water thing my my parents they live down in Houston, mm. and uh they were scooping ice out of the streets so yep. that they could use it to flush their toilets
0: yeah that that's definitely I, I had a lot of friends doing that too, but I'm like not sure obviously anecdotal um opinion here but i'm like is mm-hmm. is that like an Asian thing to think about so like a a lot of my family my friends that mm. like, are Asian, they were doing that. And then like, you know, my mom works at a grocery store and she's saying that there are a lot of other people coming in to buy water to flush their toilets. Um, but it's like what? it wasn't Asian people doing that. Like so well one, oh, like water shortage, yeah. you probably shouldn't buy like filtered water to flush your toilet. Yeah. Right. Um, but also I was just like, Oh, I, I would I was I would hear it over and over from other friends were like, Oh yeah, our family's getting water or getting snow to flush our toilets. Then my mom comes home mm-hmm. and she's like yeah, there are a ton of people buying water to flush their toilets from the store, you know? I was like, what the man. Yeah, I, I guess like when you
1: boil it down, you know, a- n- no pun intended, uh, you know, water is is kind of a free resource if you, you know, harness it, harness it from the work, oh, yeah. from the, you know, earth and stuff. So it just like boggles my mind that people would buy like bottled water or just yeah just drinkable water
0: to flush their commode yeah so I, I don't know different situations i guess but yeah that, that was surprising because <laughs> i yeah I, I know multiple people that were scooping snow um to flush their toilets mm-hmm. and stuff i was like oh I, I guess it doesn't come up or like not not everyone thinks about it that way so yeah uh, yeah, it is interesting, so, but but related wow. to, you know, like our coffee talk and stuff, like, yeah. you know, we usually ask, like, what we've been brewing lately, but I think for me, this week has been, like, how I've been brewing, just because, you know, I was mm. without power for, like, uh, it, was, it was, like, pretty on and off. Um, for sure, well, One yeah. of the days, I think on like, Monday, I was, like, 10 plus hours without power. And so Jeez. I was just trying try to figure out like how how do I still get my coffee because I got priorities you know so yeah you got work yeah. to do yeah, you, you you gotta gotta, gotta, gotta do that, that. gotta got make the coffee um so you know the, the first thing I did I was like okay I'm I'm gonna go basically like camping mode which is what mm-hmm. I would usually I would like use my air press or something like traveling camping use my air press right. and yeah. luckily that we we have one of those like camping stoves like butane stove hot pot stove yeah. kind of things. Um, And that's actually what I use with my hive roaster to roast coffee, which is convenient because we had like 10 of the canisters because I just have a bunch. Oh, nice. So usually I don't think people would have that much. Um, So yeah, I I boiled water like in a pot the first day and then I use that to brew my AeroPress. And luckily I Mm -hmm. I have a hand grinder, so it's not just electric. Um, Mm -hmm. So I use that to grind coffee and it's good. Um, And then I realized... The power situation was going to continue going on. I was like, I probably shouldn't use our, our butane to boil water for my <laughs> coffee, like that. you know, like, because <laughs> yeah. we might run out. And also, like we, we, since we have so much trying to share with different people and stuff, I'm like, yeah, yeah maybe coffee is not that much of a priority. Um, <laughs> and so I switched and I started making cold brew instead. Mm. Um, so that, that worked pretty well, too. You know, I got mason jar. I had a hand grind like a hundred grams of coffee, but it's fine. Wow! Um, yeah, and then mix that with the water, and just have to wait like a, a day. Um, but mm. that, that was very interesting. Um, just to have to have to mix it up, but like again, it shows you you can make coffee in so many different ways. Yeah, and true. Like, it's pretty true. good. I'm drinking the cold brew right now, actually. Like the last little bit of it, it's like pretty solid. So mm. all I used was a mason. It jar. might not be hot, but it's still coffee. That's right. So and it tastes good. So. <laughs> Nice. What what beans were you using? Oh that was another thing maybe sort of related in the same idea. Uh, I had a friend that gave me some beans that he roasted. Uh, mm-hmm. I may have mentioned it before, but he, he roasted it on a cast iron skillet. Oh, so, I think he did mention that. Yeah, so again it's like one you can make coffee in so many different ways. Also you can roast coffee in so many different ways. Um mm-hmm. so I I was using the beans that he he had given me. And so Interesting. Yeah. Well, I have a cast iron skillet. Maybe I should try that. You try it. Uh, the the results are are not super even. Like it's it's difficult. You just have to yeah. like be stirring it and like all that stuff. But it's it's definitely possible. Mm. So it's it's like an interesting like if you don't have to buy anything and you can still try to roast some. Mm-hmm. It's like a fun thing. But there's like a ton of smoke, so I would uh, be wary of that one.
1: Okay. Yeah, that might not work out for me. But yeah.
0: <laughs> interesting. Interesting um but yeah that's been my coffee this past week um nice definitely appreciate having power and the fact that then then I can like you know use my kettle do the pour over like all that stuff is is now I view it with a different different lens mm. yeah so it's a luxury yeah it's oh really yeah nice. definitely so yeah but what about you what What have you been brewing yeah, so I've been drinking
1: the uh, Mexican Finca La Estancia. Uh, it's a light roast coffee by uh, Oxford Coffee Company. I've been subscribed to their uh, kind of Coffee of the Month program for a while. Oh, cool. So this is my third bag from them. And um, it's got flavor notes of strawberry, almond, milk chocolate, and rose, and buttery. Mm. So can confirm. it's a... You know, I can definitely confirm the almond. I think okay, that's nice. the most like consistent flavor that comes through even as the beans are getting kind of less and less fresh. Uh it just like I think that's just a very prominent flavor for me. Um like as, as far as like the the kinds of notes that I recognize in coffees. Mm-hmm. Um strawberry, I always I mean, I always struggle with like the berries yeah. to me like I kind of just get a generic, like, fruity, fruity mm-hmm. flavor. And, like, the closest I've ever gotten to tasting an actual berry was blueberry. Oh, yeah. Um, but strawberry is hard for me. You know, like, mm-hmm. even if you ask me to describe strawberry now, like, it's kind of hard to describe. Like, true, yeah. I think strawberry is, like, it kind of has a grassy taste, maybe. It's, like, a little mm-hmm. bit more acidic. And, yeah. you know, I don't know what your experiences have been with, like, tracking berry notes in coffees but they're they're more like they're very missable for me
0: yeah i, I agree and i think um probably it's part of our like brewing uh methodology maybe which we maybe we'll get into that a little bit later but um mm. where yeah i think those are more like delicate flavors maybe like in terms of like the acid mm. and, like all that kind of stuff the sweetness where it could be easy to lose it more And so it's interesting because I remember when I was first getting into coffee, like one of my friends bought me an AeroPress that was like the first brewer that I had. And then he gave me some like sample beans or something. And I just remember strawberry was one of the flavor notes. And then I brewed it in the AeroPress and I actually tasted it. And I'm just like, my mind was blown that coffee could taste like that. And this is like, Mm. this is way before I like knew anything about coffee. And I was like, this is amazing. Um, Yeah. But I would say, like, I've probably never really gotten a strawberry flavor like that ever again. So I, I don't know mm, if yeah, that's, like...
1: That's, that's true. That's like true. why
0: that necessarily is. But, yeah, other than, like, you know, at shops before, I've gotten, like, really strong blueberry or, like, different things where mm. maybe it's not, not me brewing. But um, but still, it still it can be kind of hit or miss. Yeah. I think that's kind of like the
1: a very true statement amongst people who are into coffee is, like, we're just searching for that one cup yeah. that, like, we brewed at one point. <laughs> uh That, I don't know, like, I guess the stars were aligned, and yeah. then, like, you put in that, like, coffee, and then you stirred it and then poured it all just right, mm-hmm. and, like, it comes out, like, just really bursting with flavor and stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah. Definitely.
1: Yeah. Um, just quickly going back to the coffee and you know, I'll wrap up the yeah. the coffee of the week, but um, I do get Rose like a little bit too. Mm, so nice. like that was like on my first few cups, I really got Rose. Um, I think, I guess maybe when the coffee is the freshest, the margin of error is like smaller. Mm. So you can kind of taste the beans the best. Uh, so, you know, and that my technique has not really been very consistent, you know like i'm not really uh, i'm not i haven't always been very empirical and like you know scientific with my um dosage and all that so but I have been trying doing i have been trying to do excuse me the osmotic flow mm, you know that yeah. we talked about last time more in technique than an actual like recipe, but um I thought maybe we could talk about that a little bit more yeah definitely. Uh, just kind of review, reviewing our experiences and We have a few weeks to discuss because we didn't meet last week. Uh, So hopefully you can recall some of your thoughts because Mm -hmm. I think we were talking a lot off the show about um, kind of how things were going with that. So I don't know any initial thoughts before we dive into maybe a video to like revisit it.
0: Yeah. Um, so yeah, osmotic flow is, is very interesting. I forget what the actual like description or whatever is. Listeners, if you want, you can like watch some of the, the linked videos in the show notes and it'll go a little bit more into the descriptions. But, uh, basically it, it to me is like you, you is characterized by like a strong, like middle pour where you kind of just pouring it mm-hmm. in the center. And also you let it drain through before you pour again. And apparently that's Supposed to do something? I, I don't really know, <laughs> um, but I, I remember, um, which we'll will link in the show notes. And there's a Onyx uh, Coffee Lab like uh, V60 tutorial which they recently yeah. posted and. Uh, the, um, the barista that's teaching uses like an osmotic flow kind of recipe. And I mm-hmm. tried to follow that too. I remember the, the first time, I don't know why it's like the first time things, but like the first time <laughs> I did it is actually super good. Um, yeah. like the, the cup it produced was much lighter, like the body, even the color looked a lot lighter mm. than I was used to. So it's kind of like tea-like in that way. And yeah. it had a really nice, like, sweetness that was, that, like, kind of rounded out the cup as you were drinking it. Mm. And nice. so I was just really surprised. It was just, yeah, the lighter cup, sweeter, like, tasted really good, um, which got me pretty excited. I was like, oh, first time, like, this seems pretty good. And then, and then I tried it again, like, more times after that, and it just wasn't the same. So
1: oh, man. um,
0: I'm not sure, like, yeah, it, it seems sort of foolproof in theory, because it's like, Pretty easy. You just pour mm-hmm. in the middle, like really hard, like in, like twice or something. I think. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, the the brews after that were a little more watery, um, and the sweetness wasn't quite as apparent. So, mm-hmm. yeah. But for me, it's like, oh, the, it, there was something there because that first cup yeah, was really good. Um, and yeah. so I think usually I just the way I brew or whatever tends to make like a heavier body. Um, Mm -hmm. so this is just like a different way. And so for me, like uh, a little hit miss kind of thing, but I think there's something Mm -hmm. there. So yeah, yeah, I don't know what your experience has been like.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. I definitely think there is, you know, a possibility that the, um, the strong center pour, uh, I guess kind of makes the, the brew bed a little bit less agitated, or at least Mm -hmm. there's a, there's a pattern of flow where it's like, you know, the water is being directed to the hole versus if you are doing a lot of like, you know, small circles and moving around, you're not really directing the flow. You know, it's just kind of, it's just kind of stirring up in, in, in the, uh, filter. And then like, you know, you're creating the opportunities for, you know, different channels to form and it's just kind of random, I guess, but with, Mm -hmm. with this, with the center pore, and I guess you can call that the osmotic flow, although osmotic is just referring to the way that the flavor particles are drawn out of the bean. But anyways, that's neither here nor there. The the idea of the osmotic flow, which kind of creates that center channel where the, Mm -hmm. you know, liquid all kind of goes through, I guess that just kind of creates a consistent pour, which I think is is what you said too. Um, Just kind of creates like a consistent recipe, I guess, where, you know, you know exactly where you're going to pour the water and you know how many times you're going to do it. Um, and like, I think there are different recipes on YouTube that, um, call it osmotic flow, but you know, their techniques are just a little bit different. Like Mm -hmm. there's different nuances to, you know, like, like I said, the number of times you pour, uh, your brew time. Cause on the Onyx video, the brew time was like two minutes 30. Yeah. And I watched another video that I think they talked about osmotic flow and their brew time was like five minutes.
0: Oh, wow. So...
1: Yeah, it was, like, these really, really short, like, center pores. Oh,
0: it's, like, lots of pulses. Okay, interesting. Yeah.
1: yeah. Huh. So, who knows? I mean, um, there's this video. We can watch this video that basically talks about osmotic flow being a gimmick. Okay. Because um, he's comparing it to a different kind of method. Uh, but it's by Sprometheus. Oh, yeah, for sure. He's got, like, I feel like out of all the coffee people on YouTube, he's... He's kind of, kind of got like a tell it like it is kind of yeah. like quality. Like he's, um, kind of just like, hey, this is like what happened. It's yep. scientific. This sucks, or like
0: this is, good. yeah, yeah. It's interesting. I feel like James Hoffman is very polished and well produced, especially as his channel has grown and time has gone. Uh, mm-hmm. But Prometheus, though, he's literally sitting on his couch recording himself talking <laughs> which you know i don't think it looks that good but you know like that's not the point i guess yeah uh, he just wants to be like this is coffee this is what i think so i i right. do appreciate that aspect of it um and he, he's the reason i actually heard about the hive roaster and so that's the reason i even oh bought it. so okay um yeah I, I i like his videos too it's a little bit different
1: okay cool well let's check out this um this video by Prometheus is called "Pour Over um, Osmotic Flow versus Full Saturation."
0: Okay, yeah, and then you know listeners can watch, and we'll probably just fast forward through, and then we'll kind of give our our thoughts on it. Yeah, we're
1: just gonna. So, Dilly, what'd you think about that quick video?
0: Uh, yeah, it's, about... it, it's it's a good video. The his technique is actually different than I guess because. Okay because I was doing the one from the Onyx video which I don't know if it's specifically osmotic flow um it's just like you know related so there's different recipes and his had right. it looked like it had many more pulses um so I think it's slightly different too um but it's mm-hmm. yeah it's it's interesting i think he he said the osmotic flow had high body whereas yeah, he he compares it to the normal too. the normal or whatever full chat saturation which I think he had low body. Um, Mm. I don't know exactly what he means by that. But to me, high body means like heavier (laughs) body. Like, I don't know if that's true, though. Um, That's just how I hear it, which is like the opposite of what I was saying. Whereas like when I did my osmotic flow, he was a lighter body. Um, So I, but I don't know if that's exactly what he means. So That's, I mean, that's
1: exactly what I thought too, that like, I almost thought he had his cups mixed up, you know, because like, the the profile when he did the full saturation really seemed like what you were getting, yeah. Uh, when you were doing it, and then kind of what we were hearing in the different uh, brew guides we were watching. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so it's, so it's, it's interesting. Really also, interesting. I don't think he said how long his brew time was. Um, it could be mistaken, but mm. since he did the multiple pulses and stuff, it could have been a lot longer. Since right. uh, the Onyx one is two two thirty, like you were saying. And, Mm -hmm. you know, since he's doing multiple, multiple pulses, it could be a lot more. So it just changes Mm -hmm. it up. So definitely whatever recipe he was brewing with, it was very different than the one I was brewing with. So maybe I should give that one a try too.
1: Well, yeah, there, there are like little tweaks there. I think that may, you know, ultimately the phrase like your results might vary because, Mm -hmm. you know, he didn't, I don't think he talked about the uh, water temperature either. Mm -hmm. Right. Because... With, and maybe he did, maybe I missed that. But with the Onyx guide for the V60, you know, he talked about brewing at 210.
0: Yeah, right. Yeah,
1: there's a higher water temperature, um, and yeah, the pulses, like you're saying, you know, they're just like other variables in there, the brew time that mm-hmm. weren't mentioned that can really affect the um, the under or over extraction of that coffee.
0: Yeah, and I think the Onyx one is ground pretty fine, if I remember correctly, whereas I think this Mm -hmm. Prometheus one, he said he ground a little bit more coarse. So Mm -hmm. again, I think the recipes are just very different, but are trying to use the same idea of just the center Mm -hmm. pour, letting it flow through. So yeah, it makes sense that I think the results would be different. So it's just interesting. Again, like so many different things to like play with and try try out, I think in regards to how you brew your cup. So Mm
1: Yep. Right. That's really interesting. Well, s- some of the other videos that I included here, uh, probably Dill will link them in the show notes, yep. is that Onyx guide that we're referencing. Um, it's actually, I, th- I think, a really well-done video, yeah. and um, it's pretty uh, pretty easy to follow, the recipe. Um, and we'll link the spromethe- spr- Prometheus video. And then um, this is maybe something we could watch in the future, but Mm. uh, it's a fellow named Ray Murakawa. Um, I don't know if you've heard of him, Dil. He's only got a couple of videos on YouTube, but he's he's the founder and creator of the Mellow Drip. I don't know if
0: you've heard of that. Um, Is that the thing that you pour your water onto and then it drips onto the bed? So it's like this other thing. You're like two hands. Okay. Yeah. I've seen that. Yeah.
1: Um so actually I ordered it recently Oh, shoot. And, um yeah 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 yeah. so we'll we'll get to we'll get to try it out on the show okay but um it is uh just kind of what Dilly is saying it's it's basically uh turning your um kind of tradition like your normal kind of gooseneck pour into kind of a it diffuses the water i mm. think he calls it like a water diffuser or yeah, whatever it comes
0: kind of like a shower head in, in that way where like there're multiple and it's more controlled I guess, versus, you know, you just pour really heavy. Right. And the cool
1: thing about it is you can also use it as a decanter when you Mm. finish pouring, you can, uh, pour your, uh, kind of coffee, your just finished brew into the cup through the diffuser. Interesting. I guess, I guess that kind of evens out the temperature and maybe kind of helps mix the, uh, you know, the, the
0: solution. Nice. So, I'm looking forward to see what you think about that one.
1: Yeah, I will bring it up once it gets here. I think it, sh- it should be arriving before our next recording, so I'll, I'll definitely test it out. But um, he he's got a show called Brew You, okay. and I I will link it in the show notes. But it talks about um, what's brewing below the bloom. So when you're blooming, what exactly is happening mm. to your uh, coffee? So nice. maybe we can we could talk about that next week. Uh, yeah, next time. definitely. I'm
0: also cool yeah 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 uh, well yeah. uh i guess we can move on to the next segment and we have some other stuff planned but maybe we, we just save it for next time yeah 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 so now we're moving to the next segment of our show which we're calling the pour over you know namesake of the show but this is when you know we're, we're going to discuss some some things that we're just getting really into this week um, you know, whether it could be a TV show, you know, book, you know, movie, podcast, I don't know, just whatever we've been obsessing over. And so we might even make a recommendation after that. So, so we'll see. Um, uh, but yeah, Joe, what have you been pouring over? Yeah. So
1: I've been, um, listening to an audio book actually, oh. uh, by, um, Octavia Spencer. Oh, She's yeah. a science fiction writer. Um, I was recommended the, the book, um, via like a podcast so I was listening to this podcast and they recommended um, this book and the question was like kind of like what book would you recommend if you wanted to tell like the story of race like in America mm. so yeah it's interesting um, I just started listening to it I'm, I think I'm like on chapter 11 uh, but the chapters are fairly short and it's mm. a fairly kind of easy read um the subjectivity is is kind of dark but um like you know I I'm I'm into science fiction and I'm into like dystopian type mm-hmm. um you know stories um so it's called Parable of the Sower I don't know if I mentioned that but Parable of the Sower by Octavia Spencer I've been uh listening to that audiobook recently. Nice. Yeah. So pretty good i would recommend it uh to anybody who's interested in dystopian um kind mm. of uh, novels but also you know y- you know if you're interested in like uh, you know social commentary on um uh, you know race in in society and and things like that like nice. um or you're into like um you know uh, class politics and things like that so definitely a cool cool read what about you man what what uh what have you been digging into
0: yeah, I, I like that. You know, we 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 living up to the expectation of some book recommendations. So, <laughs> you know, we we intellectuals over here uh, yes. reading. So we think, um, yeah. So for me, I'm actually going to be bringing it, it back to coffee a bit, or not a bit, nice. a lot. Um, so it, it's just kind of yeah what what I've been pouring over as as we would say. Um, mm-hmm. It's interesting because um, so a couple different things like. Um I as we you know we mentioned I we, we watched that Onyx video and then actually watched a different brew guide also from Onyx with, with the same guy um but also with uh, another guy who has I think it's like a coffee line with some merch and stuff where where him and Onyx did a collab it's called Coffee Black and is interesting. Um mm. they're, they're basically I I was looking at Onyx's YouTube uh channel and they have different brew guides for their different coffees. So right. like the one we mentioned before is just like a generic one that you could use for different coffee. But then they also have it for their specific coffees, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a uh, couple of things that um, the guy, you know, Coffee Black, he, I, I don't know if that's what he goes by, but his company is called that. And then he talks about how like he's very intentional in choosing the flavor notes to, for mm-hmm. it to be something that his own community could identify with right right yeah and then which goes really hand in hand with this other video uh by james well it's not by james hoffman but i don't know if you've been following like, his channel
1: yeah the takeover
0: that yeah he's yeah kind so of, like uh, uh, doing... Uh, he's doing it i don't know if it's for like black history month or just like this month um where he has different creators posting videos on his channel mm-hmm. and like i like the way he's doing it where like he didn't really say anything about it the video he's not even in the video like he doesn't right. the intro of them it's just their video literally on right. his channel um, and the, one of the, I think the second one um, was called Decolonizing Coffee Through Flavor. Mm-hmm. And it's very interesting. This is a guy from India, I, I think. And he's talking about how a lot of the coffee um, flavor notes and even like the, the SCA, the Specialty Coffee Association, like they have this tasting wheel that a lot of people use. Mm-hmm. Like yep. all those things are um, descriptors that are more, I think, geared toward like Western kind of countries or mm-hmm. like palates. Where mm-hmm. a lot of those things, especially in a place where it's like lower income or something, you know, they, they're not going to have, whether it's like strawberries or like other things, whether right. because they can't grow it there or because it's just right. like out of what they can usually buy and eat. Right. And so, right. you know, the the general argument, you know, I would recommend watching the video. was like, is a contextualizing coffee to the places mm-hmm. where you're selling them. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the same time, too, like um, maintaining the origin. So he talks about like a brewer that he uses where mm-hmm. he wants to see more of those things commonly around where they don't like change the name to something weird. I think he talks about, I think it's called like turmeric latte or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Which I've never had there's or like, seen, I think, but there's well, like another actual name for it where he's let's, like, let's Why look up w- the actual
1: name. Yeah. Sure. Um, cause I, I watched the video too. And, um,
0: yeah go ahead, sorry, oh no, no, you're good, um, yeah, so he's like, why, why do we keep the names for some drinks, you know, or like macchiato mm-hmm. or like whatever those kinds of things, but then we can't keep the names for other drinks, and mm-hmm. so I think it's just a very like thoughtful, good video, um which makes a lot of sense, mm-hmm. and all, all these things just kinda kind of run together, um, but then at the same time too, there's I was talking to Daniel Liu, you know our our mm-hmm. art artwork what. Man. up? What up? Yeah, um, about there's um, I wouldn't call him a mutual friend of mine, but there's someone an acquaintance of mine, I guess, someone locally here <laughs> that is starting a coffee roasting company. Oh, word! And yeah, uh, he's he's an East Asian guy, and he his flavor notes are more geared toward like Asian palates in that way. And I was Daniel because awesome. Daniel got a sample, and he's like he could actually taste it too. Oh wow! And so to me, like one, like you know, you're contextualizing the flavor notes like. For his Ethiopian on his website, it talks about, like, lychee, ramputan, like, that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. where, like, mm-hmm. I mean, you don't, you don't hear those things generally. Um, but then also Daniel said when he tried it, he could taste it. So it's, like, even probably in the way that he's developing the flavors, he tries to mm-hmm. gear it in that way, too. Um, mm-hmm. So it's just interesting, like, all these kind of separate things that I've just kind of been either talking about or, or reading or watching, and yeah. it's just, like, all, all kind of come together in terms of, like, yeah, coffee is so broad, you know, it's just like food, right? Um, yeah, co- I mean, coffee is food. Um, so yeah, definitely <laughs> like you you contextualize <laughs> it, you can sustenance. learn a lot about the culture that's from, and like, mm-hmm. yeah, it just goes really deep in that way.
1: Yeah, so I watched that video too, and uh, I really like kind of um, everything you shared as far as um, you know, hitting the high points about uh, contextualizing the flavors and. Um you know retaining the uh kind of original name of drinks, you know you know not kind of um you know uh, Americanizing it and and kind of um you know yeah so uh I think that drink is called haldi do okay. or oh, masala yeah, haldi do right. uh and uh, I've actually had a turmeric latte before, oh, so cool. I feel bad um that uh <laughs> that's I mean, kind it, of i i've really participated is. in that commodification of um of uh of of culture um but um yeah i i think another thing he said in the video that was interesting was um gosh what was it um just that like we've used different adjectives to describe negative like Mm, uh flavor notes in in coffee from a kind of eurocentric western perspective while kind of those flavors are looked for in like you know different parts of the world yeah. I think like he specifically mentioned like it's kind of like bitterness but it's like a different word for it. Mm. Maybe I'm mixing videos but he was talking about how like there's like a very like south uh, Indian flavor mm. that that you know they look for in drinks uh, yeah. like in coffee and things like that that maybe from the western palate they would perceive as like muddy or like mm. um earthy like you know earthy being kind of uh, a negative kind of thing, yeah, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, really interesting.
0: Yeah. So it's good. It's just like to think more deeply and intentionally, just about you know, coffee or everything in general. But like um, something that is so culturally tied, I think, as as food, coffee, drinks, and those things, um, it just makes makes a lot of sense. And so I appreciate um, you know James Hoffman and more more so um, the the actual creator of the video. Mm-hmm. Um, I think his name's Ah say, Um, okay. not sure if I'm pronouncing it correctly, but yeah, that he you nice. know putting those ideas yeah. out there. Um, I think that's is helpful. Um, just to think about. So. Yeah,
1: can you think about you know your own personal experience, like drinking coffee and relating it to something very kind of germane to, um, like your Asian identity or you know uh, familiar from an Asian palate? Because you know I think about. On this pod, I've talked about, and maybe this is kind of internalized racism, but I've talked about, like, espresso that I've had that tastes uh, bad that I feel like tastes like burnt soy sauce, you mm-hmm. know? I mentioned that a few times. Or, like, yeah. you know, bad tofu. Yeah. So, you know, I think that soy flavor is very familiar to us because, you know, our our parents have always... um you know, grown up have cooked with soy sauce and mm. like we eat a lot of like Asian food, which includes soy sauce and like kind of that soy kind of umami flavor, um, which I think is becoming more familiar to the American palate, but still, I think that idea of umami and soy and like that kind of earthiness, I think is very unfamiliar to, you know, um, the Western palate, but and just thinking about our conversations, I feel like I've referenced like an Asian flavor before. Sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, for me in general, um, even before these these videos and stuff, like for me thinking flavor notes are really just what we associate it with is generally the take that I've, I've taken, I guess. And that mm-hmm. like there is this fruity or sweet kind of thing, maybe, um, but like the adjective we assign to it is more personal to us. And mm-hmm. so even for me, like, you know, sometimes, well, which we talked about one, like I can't always really taste what's on the bag anyways. Uh, but <laughs> the second, the second part is like, even if I could, I might associate it with a different um, flavor note. Right. And that like, you know, maybe growing up, I, I had a lot of, you know, I don't know, some, some other like Asian fruit or something. So,
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah. So, so to me, when I first just thought about flavor notes and stuff, I'm like, I mean it makes sense whoever is roasting or tasting it like they associate it with something they're familiar with in some ways. Mm-hmm. And then for me, like oh, you know, I I might associate it with something else. And so um that's sort of how I thought about it. But then even now just thinking a little bit more, especially even just like briefly talking to Daniel about it, like, you know, how roasters maybe can gear their flavor development in a certain direction. Like to highlight mm-hmm. certain different flavors, where they like they right. find those things appealing, and where maybe other people don't, or it's just different, right?
1: Right. Um,
0: so that's like because you know roasting is cooking, right? So you can cook things mm-hmm. in different ways. Mm-hmm. It maybe even just like the brew recipe, like with Prometheus, like you can follow this the same general idea, have a similar mm-hmm. looking result, but it just tastes very different just because the mm-hmm. way you went about it. Mm-hmm. And so even which. You know, roasting, that's like a whole other, I think, um, thing to get into. But it's like yeah. making me think like, oh yeah, what are the different ways people can roast for different flavors mm-hmm. um, versus like yeah, always having the same, you know, Ethiopians have to taste like this or something. Like, is mm-hmm. that a result yeah, of roasting true. in a certain way? Right, um, right. Whereas like, oh, the same bean roasted differently. Like you can highlight all these different flavors where, I don't know, maybe... Uh, something is, is perceived as not as as good or whatever and so like people don't roast mm-hmm. for that but maybe somewhere else that's perceived as a positive thing so it's just very interesting mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's like really
1: um, it's really intentional you know when you are choosing to roast a bean to match kind of your flavor profile and uh, and then, then you know the consumer has to kind of you know really take it or leave it you know I think about oh. uh, Asian food and how like or, you know, let's get more specific, like, you know, thinking about like more rustic Chinese dishes where it's like, Hey, this is how we make it. Like you like it or you don't, you know, mm. like I'm not going to water down my recipe or change it so that it can kind of adapt to your palate. But, um, yeah, anyway, maybe we should just like leave it like that and move on to our yeah. next segment, but that's good stuff, man. I really hope that We can talk more about, you know, you know, coffee and and, uh,
0: just the the whole coffee culture from from Mm. different lenses. Yeah, man. You know, I think we've been going in that way, subtly, slowly, in a lot of ways anyways. Like, uh, you know, we talk about different culture, food and things, but now tie it into coffee, the topic of the show, you know? Yeah. Um, But yeah, so it's good stuff, definitely. But... Uh, we're going to move on and kind of end the show like we usually do by talking about what's making us happy this week, where we're sharing, you know, something about recently that's just giving us that good energy, those good vibes. So what's making you happy this week, Joe?
1: Yeah, there's uh you know, there's a lot, but then there's also not a lot. I mean, mm. this mm. has just been uh, a very eventful few kind of uh, a couple weeks, you know, since our last recording. But um, I'll just keep it simple. Uh, I'm really tired, so like mm. I got some i didn't really get that great sleep last night, but I'm looking forward to getting good sleep, mm. so that's that's what's making me happy this week. I think one of the best feelings in the world is like sleeping in and getting yeah getting good rest and feeling well rested for the next day so um I'm really looking forward to that tonight, just yeah. uh you know that's what's gonna give me those good vibes give me literally give me some energy, yeah, so um yeah, just been really busy lately with school and um with uh work and, and different things like that. So
0: mm-hmm. uh the the magic of sleep, yeah, dude, we all got to take care of ourselves in that way. Always makes me think like in different video games, if you like sleep, sometimes you'll have like uh I don't know like character bonuses or something it'll just be like well rested <laughs> or something and then w- whenever i wake up and i feel that way i'm like it's one of those days i'm well rested i have those like performance <laughs> boosts like in the video you,
1: game yeah you got your like heart heart meters like fully <laughs> yeah you have like extra loaded. bonus heart or something <laughs> <laughs> like that'd be yeah, weird if that popped up in like real life like whoop, got like yeah, extra bonus well heart. rested um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. What about um, you, man? What's yeah, making think, you happy this week?
0: Yeah, definitely. For me, um, it's it's cool to see, like, you know, um, th- this week was was ridiculous, as as we already talked about in the beginning of the show, um, just for, for Texas in general. But um, it's cool to see there, there have been people in my neighborhood just trying to look out for each other. Like, obviously, mm-hmm. a lot of people have burst pipes and stuff. And I'm realizing now a lot of people don't know how to turn off their water to their house. oh psa people should learn how to do that um definitely go buy (laughs) one of those water valve keys and stuff Mm. Uh, but you know a lot of people don't know how to do that they don't have the tools etc and there's some people going around helping neighbors out basically to be like oh you need help um i'll come there's like this online thread for my neighborhood where people are like oh i need help turning off my water or like you know oh my my mom lives here like can you go help her then people would go and do that. They turn off the water for them, that kind of stuff. Oh, so that's cool! See, like even when, I mean, everyone's dealing with their own stuff. Like still trying to go out and help people, right? So maintain yeah. those human connections, care about people, looking out for each other. Like that's the neighborly thing to do, the human thing to do. Yeah, so, yeah. I think that's uh, pretty positive. Like a a glimmer of positivity or hope in what. Otherwise is like a pretty dreadful week. So mm-hmm. um yeah, it's it's cool to see that.
1: Yeah. Well, thoughts and prayers go out to, you know, you and you know, um and other people who are dealing with this right now. So uh really really hope everyone who's listening, you know, stays warm, stays mm-hmm. stays healthy, stays safe. But um yeah, man, appreciate the 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 pod this week, Dill. Yep. And um I will catch you next week. See ya. Next time, I guess. Whenever we, this is becoming. You know, this is supposed to be like a bi-weekly podcast. It's kind of becoming like a. Oh, I didn't wake up early enough. Like (laughs) next time. (laughs) This is next
0: time. It's like every sometimes.
1: Yes, the once in a while podcast.
0: Yeah, I see ya.
1: All right, peace. This was a pour over podcast. Follow us on Instagram at pour over underscore show to stay up to date with the pour over gang. Our artwork is by Daniel Liu. Find him on Instagram at Here Comes Daniel. Music is by Joshua Yin. You can listen to his other tracks on SoundCloud.com slash Kid Majestic. One word. Thanks for joining us and take care.